Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, episode 104. I am Nick Cole, and sitting in the sidecar of destiny is a single white Medusa who is suffering from the effects of a week-long binge of partying and allergies. <laughs> Mainly allergies, I think, yeah. There's a little bit of party. Just a little under the weather from allergies. <laughs> We've got a lot going on. We live right at the base of some foothills where there's a lot of what mustard and various vegetation that can and when and the winds are kicking up so it's allergy time right now yeah that's usually when i do my apocalypse now uh impersonation of uh robert duvall and i stand out there in the wind in my khakis with my shirt off and i sell i say i love the smell of mustard in the morning <laughs> it smells like victory it smells like lurgies Exactly. But I you, feel under the but way. you soldier on. Yeah. You look good. Thank you. You've shown up. Yeah. In the right uniform. In the right uniform, ready to work. Ready to work with the right tools, and so we are going to perform the last podcast. Oh no! Of the week for the pay for the unpaid listeners, for the free show. Um, I might try to work in a tomorrow podcast. Because I got a feeling some stuff's going to happen today, maybe this weekend. Feels like the, I would say this, it feels, there feels like a pregnant pause. Mm -hmm. uh, we were just having a little uh, omakase sushi lunch uh, that I like to provide the team here at Chaos Actual Corp. Uh, the team just being Single White Medusa, who is currently working on editing uh, the next Galaxy's Edge uh, side series, which is Forget Nothing 2. You're rolling on that and digging that. Yeah. I'm working on my portions of Forgotten Ruin 5. Talker be in big trouble. Uh-oh. I'll be on that next. So yeah, that'll be, that'll be great. Uh, I'm doing um, some admin work on... Um, the Forgotten Ruin tabletop RPG, which will be launching on November 15th. Ooh, very exciting. Uh, there's a, we might, we might have a video with some um, images from Sketches World. He's uh, agreed to go in and help us market this. And so we're pretty excited about that. Uh, our, our, uh, our CEO in training, uh, Walt Robillard, is, uh, gonna go after big game and try to get angry cops to do the the voiceover for that so i think that the intersectional marriage the intersectional non-gay bro love marriage <laughs> of sketch who i believe is a marine and uh, angry cops who was a, D, a drill sergeant we say drill sergeant in the army not di oh see uh, well yeah um i'm reading um, that right now in the book Oh, well, because she writes from a Marine perspective. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but in the Army, we call them drill sergeants, and in the, the Marines, they call them drill instructors. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but they both wear funny hats. <laughs> and they're both, they both act kind of mean, but it's for your own good. I think Army drill sergeants are more, uh, from my experience of them, are more um, interesting in that they, they have a lot of different personality types, and they play a lot of good cop, bad cop stuff. And uh, I think they have like a, a like when you're when you're a drill sergeant, it would seem from the perspective that I enjoyed the experience from, mm -hmm. um, which I enjoyed drill sergeants on two different perspectives. I enjoyed them as a junior enlisted, and then I got another round of them as 
going through Officer Canada at school, in which they were they were um, augmented by TAC officers who were just downright evil. Um, but Army drill sergeants can play some characters. They're playing a role. And I think a lot of the times they're a lot more funny. And I, they were funny in the shark attack. That was They were pretty mean in the shark attack. I don't think they shark attack anymore, so that's no fun. But the interesting thing that I've observed about Marine drill instructors is they all seem to have a nice big uh, cup of Drano every morning. And then they scream at this time. They all have that same kind of pitch that they're trying to affect that, like, for you, and, and I was kind of in the vocal arts because I did, you know, voiceover and, you know, vocal work and, you know, attended conservatories and classes on how to, you know, this rich baritoner voice doesn't just happen. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a carefully crafted <laughs> machine. And so when someone listens to me after they've read my books and they go, I didn't think you'd sound that way. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, that wounds me deeply. But. I don't care, so it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. But uh, uh, it, it hurts the ears when you hear marine drill instructors because that it's just you're like, oh, dude, you're gonna end up with throat nodules. Yeah. You're gonna destroy your voice. <laughs> I know. I'm like, <laughs> hey, I'm just <laughs> impressed do they don't lose their voice. I think they do. I think a lot of like the times that. they do. Okay. Uh, I think I, I they 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 just seem to have one setting and that's ten. Whereas army drill sergeants, they're playing a lot of games with you. I'm not like actual like, come on, let's play hide and go seek <laughs> class, you know. But they have some characters, and they're very like, uh, they're funny. Like, uh, like when you can when you can distance yourself from the criticism. I mean, like you listen to it, but you don't let it like take you personally. Mm-hmm. Um, though you kind of have to take it personally in a way because you got to improve and everything like that. There's some funny stuff. Yeah. The funny stuff is mainly the stuff you hear them saying to other people. <laughs> When they when it comes your turn, you're like, ah, that's crap. So funny. Yeah, that's, a, that's just not funny. Oh man, is there that... are other things that come from California besides steers and queers. <laughs> is that what the angry cops guy does? You know how he does like definitely the drill sergeant voice, but then he has that other one with the cigar. Is that another? No, drill that's sergeant that is no? a perpetual staff sergeant character. Oh, okay, okay. That is the guy who runs the supply cage. You know, is in charge of. Uh, probably a squad, not necessarily a platoon, could be a platoon sergeant, but he's more of the 20-year veteran who's just just trying to get it into the barn. Okay, that, that yeah. fits. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, his his when he drill sergeants, it's 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 close in a funny way, but at the time it's not so funny. He has a new one today that we'll have to watch because it looked pretty to. funny. We will have to watch it. It had so. something to do with him looking at, I think, TikTok people or something. But it was, he called them like, I think he's like riffing on people's actually, you know, actually spelled funny. Actually. Actually videos. I think. I only saw it briefly, but I was like, oh, we'll have to watch that. So. Yeah, I highly recommend Angry Cops just for a dose of humor and enjoy yourself. Because, really, the moment is getting weird and serious in just a lot of ways. And so, anytime that you can find uh, having some fun... And also, he does seem to mock woke. woke. And and that, right now, is the only weapon, in a lot of ways, that we're allowed to, to use... And there are times when, like, after the Dave Chappelle and things like that, where they, they, they feel that our humor is a threat. And that's great. It should be a threat. Uh, you should you should be warned by that threat, because I think it's going to get worse for you, Wokies. And so that proves to us that it works and it has it an effect works. on people. It gets through to people, and that's why they don't like it and they want to stop it. But I was going to say, just a warning, 
if you don't like salty language, don't watch Anger Cops, because I'm pretty sure there's usually some salty language in it, right? Yeah, there's so, some salty. Just, just the warning ahead of time. Salty-ish. Yeah. In case you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Be if you want to just watch, if you want to just watch one video, watch the one where the officer writes the letter into base housing uh, authority because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to live near the enlisted, <laughs> and that's pretty great. I think that was the first one we ever saw. <laughs> then we, awesome. were, we were, so I was like spot on. <laughs> exactly, that was funny. So today, what? are we talking about? I know one thing you wanted to talk about was Australia's lockdown that they're now putting in place for the unvaccinated. Is that officially like now in place or are they saying like we're going to be putting that in place soon? But it's it's official in whatever capacity. Yeah, it would seem that Australia went full Orwell, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, and it's just, I mean, the Australian situation is infinitely weird and especially from a western mindset because they're like us mm-hmm. and there's a lot of australians that live in the u.s and and i have a lot of australians that are my friends on facebook who are very red-pilled and very and and you you mistake like oh you guys are like us and have the same freedom-minded government of western civilization everything like that but it would be interesting if someone could kind of who had some knowledge could kind of break down what happened i've heard some takes you know, I've heard that, you know, I mean, everybody will always go after Australia for the obvious. Well, you're a nation of criminals and prison guards, which is I don't know that that's necessarily fair in a lot of ways. But, you know, I mean, you got to you got to factor in everything so that you, you get a whole picture, the good and the bad, you know, whether you like it or not. And that, that is like Fatal Shore is a good book to read if you want to understand Australia's history and its founding, which it's true. A lot of criminals, a lot of prison guards, a lot of other people. You know, and everything like that. But what gives lie or what gives credence to the prison and criminal guards is like given the pressure of a pandemic and the pressures of a new emerging globalist civilization attempting to hold the wonderful Western civilization of freedom, democracy, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness that we have under the bathtub water and strangle us out and choke us out and tell us if we fight back we're bigots is that the nation of Australia did turn into a nation of prison guards and prisoners. I mean, go ahead, fight me, you know, but it does seem like that. And someone who we were listening to who was from there, who now lives in Texas, they said, you know, um, it's weird, but the Australians just there, they don't, they don't question their government ever. If the government says this, they just do it. They, They don't have, sort of that, you know, um, American spirit of, that's my property right there. Yeah, Yeah. I got the sense that she meant, like, until now. And I think what she meant is, until now, it wasn't really obvious to them that they needed to really care about politics, is the sense that that, I got. That until now was a good four to six months ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now, today, Australia has announced that it will be going back into full lockdown very shortly. So they know. They know it's going to be really bad very shortly. And remember, their numbers aren't anything. It's just, it's a total excuse. Minuscule. So they've announced that they're going to go back into full lockdown and that the vaccinated will, the the vaccinated will be uh, rounded up for camps. They said that. Unvaccinated. Unvaccinated. The unvaccinated will be rounded up for camps. And they said, quote unquote, you are going to have a very lonely, miserable existence if you do not vaccinate. So, I mean, they're describing prison. They basically said that. 
Um, they're going into lockdown because, okay, and remember this, like, this is a fun story for, uh, I'm going to have to because Mr. Delivery Truck's going to pull up. And so I'm going to have to go to uh, sealing up the Mobile Studio One. <laughs> Control-Alt-Revolt Mobile Studio One. Exactly. But to be fair, since we live in Southern California and we're not racist, we'll call it Mobile Studio Juan. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. Sealing up Mobile Studio Juan. All right. Um, so to be fair, though, uh, and one thing we have to remember and consider about the Australia equation... My lighter. Oh my gosh! The radio, the jazz radio, screwed the show. <laughs> Hi, that's the kind of high comedy pro programming you get on Control Alt Revolt. Exactly. Um, let's take this a moment to offer people to subscribe and improve the quality of this podcast by allowing us to hire someone who knows what the hell they're doing. <laughs> I was also gonna say um, there might be some people that are listening on Apple to- Apple Tunes. And the Spotify? Did I say that like an appropriate old person? Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Vidya. Uh, the Apple Tunes and the Spotify. And you might not know where this podcast originates. You might have just tuned in and said, my, who is that attractive sounding man? And that would be me. But you could go over to uh, Substack and I believe, do you have like the link? Maybe we'll post, well, we can't post the link, but can you look up the Control-Alt-Revolt Substack link and I can I can say it? Sure. I should probably make like a like a cool smart link because I think I have that ability. You just got to go on Substack. And, and, and then uh, what? Like, like just go on, go to here, touch, touch Nick Cole. Okay. And then what's that say I right mean, there? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, hey, I did do it. I did do it. I, I made it easy. Um, if you can go over to Nick Cole, N-I-C-K-C-O-L-E, at, or is it? Dot. Substack. Dot. Dot. Substack. Dot com. Dot com. Nick Cole dot Substack dot com. How easy is that? That's very easy. Say it again. Nick Cole dot Substack dot com. Yeah. Just go to Nick Cole dot Substack dot com. And you can be offered the pleasurable experience of subscribing at one of three levels and supporting the podcast and improving the professionalism of the podcast. And perhaps we'll even add a sidekick, maybe someone, maybe like a little monkey named Jojo. That sounds fun. And he could like, he could just have like one little bit in each show. Like he'd just go, woohoo. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Like your, your dollars will go to adding Jojo. Yeah, exactly. You can subscribe by the month for five bucks. You can get a deal if you subscribe for the year, or you can really support the podcast because you like the truth that's being downloaded. And you can go in at the foundational member, and people who do that will be getting a very nifty NFT from us that uh, will be a collectible. And we still once have, we're in the gulag. And we still have not forgotten that there apparently are problems with the Google podcasting yeah, uh, service for our podcast. So we're going we're still looking into that. Right. So back to Australia. Um, they're they're claiming that everything's going to get so bad right yes because they're going to lock things down like the only reason you would lock things down is because things are bad right you 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 wouldn't be doing them to like punish your populace for wanting to freedom and you wouldn't be doing it to punish like to make to have authority over your populace's health or their choices or anything like that like you would think that really in reality australia should be entering into a quote-unquote dark winter 
like the United States is about to, which it is, and people are going to say, oh, cases are, there's going to be a lot of obfuscation with the medical numbers, and people are going to tell you that it's really the vac- the unvaccinated are killing everybody and clogging up the hospitals, but hmm, there are all these reports coming out that it is the vaccinated who are having the problems. Suffice it to say, people get sicker in the winter. But wait, in the other side of the world, and I mean the southern half of the world, it's summer in Australia. So how are people getting so sick that you need to lock down again? When it's spring going into summer, theoretically there. I mean, not theoretically, but you know, if it's fall going into winter soon here, then it's spring going into summer there. And that tells you it's all bullpucky and it's Mm -hmm. just the implementation of the New World Order, Great Reset, a book written by Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab, you will live in the bugs and you will eat the pods. Bond no, film. I have I have dyslexia. Real life bond. You film. will you will I expect you to die, Mr. World. Oh did you say eat the pods and <laughs> live in the bugs? I have a Klingon <laughs> outfit and they give me awards for the population, but you should let me help you. I want mm. to help you. <laughs> yeah right. I came over to your house last night with a chainsaw and a uh, abduction kit and duct tape because I want to help you. <laughs> he really does talk like that. Yeah, he does. It's it's, it's super creepy. <laughs> who knew that the Germans would be the big villains? Who could have foreseen? <laughs> who, who could have foreseen that the ge- the Germans would have been behind global genocide? Hmm, interesting. <laughs> Didn't see that. if you if you had Germany for end of the world, go ahead and get yourself a treat out of the treat drawer. Sweet. Or is it a prize out of the prize drawer? That's more it. Where yeah. do we get that from? My childhood. Your childhood. My mom had a prize drawer. Yeah. That if, that she could you know bribe us with occasionally, <laughs> <laughs> and it it uh, was very effective and it worked. For you. Yeah. You're, I mean, no, I think my brother too. He, he, I felt like you owned the prize. I feel drawer. like it worked especially well on me. <laughs> Maybe too well. Like, yeah. were you turning in achievements every few hours? If I if that was an option, I'm sure I would have been. But no, it was yeah. it was used a little more sparingly than that. But um, if if it was offered, I was all, all over it. I can only imagine the length of time you sat perusing that drawer, once it was opened and and you were because like you. I don't know that I could you, peruse it because they had to be surprises. I think she would. Maybe I could just like close my eyes and grab something. Oh, I see. Maybe she I thought you got it. to choose. I don't think so because then I would know everything else that was in there. I remember it being like a big mystery all the time. Okay. Like oh. <laughs> That's it's a big a thing of for you. Wonders. And your and your random thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have that. So it really yeah. must have been high tension at the Fernandez household. I was pretty easy to control because I mean I could even be controlled by like if you don't do this thing, if you don't eat all your dinner that you don't want to eat, you can't have a treat at night. Treat was just dessert. Yeah. You could control me like that. I, I would like do it because I'm like I gotta have an otter pop. <laughs> I usually control you now, like doing stuff like that. Yeah. I, like if I want to go do something, I'm like, well, there will be liquor. <laughs> and you'll be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so. No, I mean, I just, I, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, I just think about things and it makes sense. Like, yeah. okay, I can do this thing I maybe yeah. don't totally want to do so I can have this thing that I do want. Yeah. It makes sense to me. So, I mean, uh, Australia goes full Orwell and says, you know, we're going to do lockdowns in the face of all evidence and science. But I don't even think they believe that we believe in science thing. I think what they mean is we believe in political science, you know, but I don't think they believe in science anymore or anything like that. And I don't, um, it's just, it's just stunning that a nation would say, Hey, we are going into lockdown again. 
there's nothing you now you, you like the one thing that you always have to bring up in the Australia equation, and it may be a tired point and all these kinds of things. But you have to bring up the fact that Australia has no choice. They have zero choice because they gave away their guns. And, oh, you know, like the Australians who used to virtue signal about that and make fun of America. And because they had a pretty bad mass shooting and they just decided they were going to turn in all of their guns. And I know a lot of Australians who didn't feel that way. Um, But you don't give up your guns. Your guns aren't really for hunting your guns aren't really for defending yourself against a burglar or a rapist. They're great, great tools for those things. But it would be disingenuous for any government or any constitutional insisting group of people to ever lie about what your guns are for. Your guns are to make your government afraid of you. Your gov- your guns are to remind the government that you allow them to govern. That, that you that they are they work for you and you don't work for them and that you can protest at the ballot box and you can protest civilly but at the end of the day you can take all your guns and you can overthrow the government and that is in the constitution it is to protect you against tyranny it clearly says that it's not about hunting it's not about muskets it's not about cannons it's not about 18th century pirate ships it is about you, the, the Founding Fathers, knowing that, that human nature would eventually give rise to a scurrilous band of garbage raccoons who would take the reins of power, manipulate media, lie about elections, and work with basically government technocrats and tyrannocrats to deprive the common person driving a truck, writing a book, working at a sheet metal shop doing whatever of their right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and in that case you were to take your guns and not overthrow the government but restore the constitution and if you look at this huge debate that's going on right now you have the joe biden crowd saying ignore the constitution the constitution's outdated it's time to get rid of the constitution these are all articles that they write ad nauseum That is your first clue that you are authorized by Thomas Jefferson himself, by John Adams himself, by George Mason, Mason, by, you know, all the guy, John Hancock, everybody in there, Jefferson, Washington, who were just overseeing it, Sam Adams, Sam Adams, uh, the guy who invented Dolly Madison pies, uh, James Madison, Mm -hmm. you know, um, his wife was named Dolly Madison. She saved Washington's portrait when the British burned Washington, D.C. That is wow. her claim to fame. That's cool. Um, you are authorized to restore the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the moment you, that you're at. But in Australia, they they can't do shit for Shinola. I would, any Australian listeners, I would tell you, investigate the power of fire. Anybody can make fire, and fire can do wonderful things for people. Remember, the average... Uh, thug operative of the state. I'm not going to call them police. Police are good. Police help us. Police govern, do the laws and protect people from bullies and people who are trying to hurt them. So real police protect you from the government. That's really what it is. But let's not call those people police. Let's call them, um, you know, like, I mean, 
thugs or mafia or whatever. Like, remember, they only wander the streets and come and drag you out of your house and vaccinate your kid with about mm, four magazines for their their AR. That gives them about 120 rounds there. And the average police officer is going to carry about three clips for his sidearm clips, three magazines for his (laughs) sidearm. And, you know, let's say he's he's a double stacker. So he's got about 18 if he keeps one in the pipe there. So you're looking at 36 plus another 18. I have to do the math. 46, 54 rounds. That's a lot of rounds. Except not really. Most civil disturbances and really good fights, you use that up pretty quickly. So then you go burn down their armories. Then you go burn down the police stations. Then you go burn down wherever they go resupply. And guess what? Now they're just like you with the shovels and the picks and the axes. And you would be surprised that when people don't have guns and when their body armor has been shattered and dealt with, and you can do all these things, you can overthrow that tyrannical, not government, but mafia cabal and restore your freedoms. It takes one or two big battles before the playing field is level. And I won't lie to you, a lot of you are going to die. Maybe this is something that... The average American audience can adhere to, and maybe people who are abusing our rights might listen to this, and maybe I'll get carried away by the FBI. But uh, if you're willing to to nut a couple of big fights, the playing field's going to level out really quickly. And remember, there are more of you than them. Now, thankfully, in the United States, we have a lot of guns. Exactly. I was just thinking like a little bit ago when you first brought up some of those names. The like, cleansing power like of fire? Adam. No, like John oh, Adams okay. and people like that. I was like, wow, like, those people fought the American Revolution for, uh, would you say, less than the tyranny, less tyranny than the tyranny that's going on now? Oh, uh, I, I one hundred. you say there's more one, tyranny As someone said today, uh, we allowed Saddam Hussein to be hung for less... Than what Fauci has done to us, you know, which I I really do think it was a cabal. Um, You look at the you you look at the fact that that the virus went after the elderly and the sick and the fat. And there's no enemy nation in our life that would want us to be divested of fat, sick and elderly people. Those people are generally and, and thankfully, in some cases with the sick and the elderly, they are part of your nation, national life and they actually improve your national life. But there are many regimes, especially communist regimes and everything like that, they look at those those uh, people as weaknesses and drains on your economy. And they would kill, They and then they often do, they do kill their own fat, uh, their own fat, sick and elderly. In the United States and in Western nations, we are not supposed to, but that is rapidly disintegrating. All throughout Europe, that's they, they're into euthanasia, and guess who they are going to euthanize? Those people. Uh, look at Iceland uh, basically euthanizing most of its Down syndrome population and then saying that they've eradicated Down syndrome uh, in their country. No, you didn't. You just murdered your way out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so why would China want us to be free, quote-unquote, of the burden of our weaker elements? You know? No, that was that was our own... European, like the people that have been advocating European style government are now in, in charge. It's funny in California to listen to husks, you know, at the next dinner table. Well, the European system's so modern, you know. Oh, everything. I heard the other day some guy, oh, everything's so much better in Europe. Oh, yeah, euthanizing your kids and your elderly and your fat and your sick. Fat people, come on. You got to lose some fat. You got to get out there and work. Some people have a hard time with that. So some people have some genetics and problems, but everybody 
to the best of their ability should exercise and you you would have a much better life not being fat but the sick and the elderly i think as i've said before on this podcast provide a great service to our our country in keeping us human and the elderly have so much wisdom i would much rather i just spent last week on a long walk with an elderly gentleman who was a special forces uh guy in vietnam with one arm it's one of the high points of my week um, you can learn so much from those people and they just love spending time with you a lot of the times. So I encourage you find some older people in your life and just shut up and listen to what they have to say. But that's who died during Corona. Those are the people that, that you know, like it, it was just weird how it went after the fat, the sick and the elderly and, and no, no science behind it that was acknowledged in mainstream media and said we were told the children were in danger so we had to stay home that the children who supposedly were carriers of an extent to an extent um, they had to be locked up with the elderly so that the elderly could die they had to be locked up with the, they they wanted everybody to stay home so that everybody could get nice and infected but the good truthful doctors right yeah, now that sure. are being you know um banned and things like that you know for speaking the truth i mean they've kind of debunked that whole asymptomatic spreader thing anyway yeah first off because this was the first disease ever apparently that 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 was the case and they're like and that's because it's not the case here either like that's not how it works when you're not when you're not symptomatic you're not you don't have a high enough viral load to really be contagious could they test you and find a tiny smidgen of it? Yeah, because they can test you if they test, if they, I think it was even with the PCR test, if they spin it enough times, you can find, you can find a smidgen of pretty much anything, yeah. any virus. The guy who invented so. it said everything is in everything. So spin this long enough and you're going to find anything you want to find. And so, of course, they took a test that was at best only supposed to run up to six to seven cycles and ran it until 40 cycles. And then they monetized that within the healthcare system, saying the more the more returns you get, the more money you'll get. Oh yeah, I guess in leftist utopian world, people wouldn't uh, abuse that. <laughs> but in the real world, guess what they did? I understand, like, because I remember this this was an early one, and we talked about, but uh, a lady who works at a hospital down in the um, not the the El Cajon Valley, which is east of, of San Diego and stuff like that. She said every night they were getting helicopter life flights from Mexico, bringing in COVID patients. That's right. And so that the numbers could be upped. And then they were being transported to other hospitals. They were, they were trying to spread the virus and the hospital systems were trying to move the patients around so that they could all get paid for it because it is, that is human nature. That's what humans do. They just, they, they, they look at the game and then they manipulate it. And, and I'm sorry to say, but it's better to have governments and laws that take into account human nature than sort of ridiculous leftist thought that says no one will abuse these things. And you find out, yeah, everybody abuses these things. Exactly. You are going to, um, because now like, uh, now the vaccine injuries are really kind of getting, in my opinion, out of hand. You were telling me at lunch um, about, you saw a picture of a little boy, four years old, and oh yeah i gotta find that one that was a well, few days ago i had a it. couple different things but um yeah yeah i was saying a couple days ago i did see a picture a post i think on telegram of a little skinny little boy looked like probably four years old but just you know a little skinny guy with his little shirt off because he had he was in a hospital bed and he had the little um 
I don't know, heart monitoring stickers on his chest, you know, whatever those are. Are those EKG things? I'm not sure. But, and basically it said that he was recovering from a heart attack that he had yeah, had. Yeah, four-year-olds have heart attacks. You know what, though? It didn't say his age. So now that I think about it, he must he was, have been was, at least five. Yeah, he had to have been vaccinated have and he had a heart attack. So he then, was probably five because he yeah. looked very young like that. And then you were telling me about somebody my age, a lawyer... Was it, a, or was a heart, yeah, who, who, who was a cardiologist. Was, it's a cardiologist who's 52, and, and he was an ardent vaxxer, and he, he, he was known for a quote, what did he say? Well, he had, uh, two quotes, I'll read the, the main one is that he wanted to punch anti-vaxxers in the face, yeah. that's kind of how he's known, um, but his other one was, for those that won't get the shot for selfish reasons, Whatever, I won't cry at their funeral. Well, what happened to this guy is he died suddenly after the COVID booster shot. Just, oh, I mean, I mean, he probably was gonna. I mean, uh, you could post that in in the comments, but he probably was going to have a heart attack with that level of rage. But if that's his picture, that's his I picture. mean, he seems like a very young, fit gentleman. Yeah. You know, I mean. Uh, he seems African American. Oh, he does. I would say. I thought that looked more like Middle Eastern or Indian or something. Something, but his yeah. genes are good. Like a lot yeah. of the time, like I'll work out at the gym and I'll be working out with an African American guy that I think is younger than me, and then I'll be like, "How old are you?" He's like, "I'm 60." Yeah. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. Um. But he probably. I mean, if that. If those are the things you're tweeting about. You are probably cruising for a heart attack. Mm-hmm. But then you get that vax, and then you have a heart attack pretty promptly. Yeah. So does the vaccine cause the heart attack, or does the vaccine increase the conditions of people who are kind of ripe for a heart attack? Again, I do think um, the more likelihood uh, scenario that went on at the Travis Scott thing was people got vaxxed to go to it. The stress, pressure, sound, lights, music, energy caused them to pitch over and start having these sort of cardiac events and things like that. Um, but I also do, I think there's another chance that it could have been sort of like a, a, an encounter with the spirit world that, that basically sucked the life out of people. I don't think it caused them to lose their souls. I think their souls were going where their souls were going. But I do think uh, it may have killed them. But the more likely scientific explanation is those people got vaxxed to go to that concert because those concerts and all those things say, hey, you can't vax unless you you can't show up unless you vax. And so it's interesting that you would have that many people in an event. And I still think the numbers are being covered up because when you listen to people that were there, they saw hundreds. When you see the official thing and again, the obscuring oh, it was because of a riot at the gate. And I'm like, no, I watched the videos. That happened during the day. People started to pitch over at night. It was different. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I'm, I, I, that there was a serious vaccine-style you know, injury event. That's what I mean to say. So we'll go over here to this thing, and we'll have you read it. And the first thing you showed me this morning was a picture of a young girl that was pretty beautiful yeah i mean she was very like tall and long-legged and seemed to be like an instagram girl who did like yoga pictures bathing suit pictures but you know real pretty young everything like that and she is talking about all her vaccine experience yeah so uh this is what she says 
So this is me yesterday at the Alfred Hospital after eight days of feeling really crap having given into the pressure of getting vaccinated. This is me having an ECG on my heart and waiting for a chest x-ray and bloods to be taken and possible further screening of my lungs in case of possible blood clots. I was vaccinated on a Monday and instantly felt awful. To say I felt drained is an understatement. By, th by the Thursday and Friday, my chest felt as though someone was sitting on it, and I couldn't even run in small stints with the dog. Friday night, I had crushing pain in my chest, and my left arm went numb. I decided to ride the pain out, as I didn't want to burden the healthcare system. And I just want to jump in there real quick, because I'm a male of a certain age, and like it really pays when you are a male of a certain age to begin to understand everything that that woman just said is a heart attack. And, you know, I know, I know we all want to go to bed and go to sleep and feel better in the morning and all that stuff is great. Um, but don't even think that you, I'm just service PSA. Don't even think that you can make it to the hospital. That's where most people die trying to drive to the hospital. Like just go ahead and call the paramedics, uh, and, and get it, get it done. Uh, because you, you are about to experience a heart attack and you could be having a left aorta descending heart attack which an LAD heart attack which they call it the widow maker for a reason exactly and then she goes on to say but by Saturday and Sunday I was having stabbing pains in the center of my chest every every two minutes for hours my back felt terrible too right where my lungs sit and Monday morning I woke up to us to stabbing throbbing pains in my heart I finally decided to go to the hospital and whilst I sat there after I'd been triaged 10 people came in in the space of about 20 minutes and every single one of them had the exact same symptoms as me and all had had doses of Pfizer. But I was told that these were very rare. I know. I'm constantly told that there are some side effects in very rare instances while you're constantly, if you watch mainstream TV or anything, you're constantly barraged by, I mean, just... Not even Soviet, like Nazi-level propaganda of getting people vaccinated without any discussion about the events this, this chick is having. And then her observation, the ward is full of people having the same thing. Yeah. But no, go get your kids vaccinated this weekend. Yep. And then she says... So you can go see Brian Adams. Yeah. I could hear each conversation crystal clear, so I'm just relaying what I heard. One guy had been in two weeks ago after his first jab and had been referred to a cardiologist and was back again with the same pains in his chest. He was 20. Now let's be clear. This is a vaccine I did not want. But having spent a massive chunk of my life savings just living during these 260 days of lockdown and being told I wouldn't be able to work, be a part of society, and just live without being bullied, segregated, and discriminated against, I caved. Now, as I'm writing this, I have stabbing pains. Now, sorry, uh, we had to pause it for a second. Let me find my spot. <laughs> no, I just, okay, I lost my place. Now, as I'm writing this, I have stabbing pains in my heart and left side of my boob, as well as the center of my chest. I'm shaking. Good heavens, my boob! <laughs> I'm shaking with heart palpitations. Well, I can have a heart attack. I don't have a boob. <laughs> I'm shaking with heart palpitations and feel exhausted. Uh, let's see, now she goes to the next page, so I have to find that. Okay. Um, 
The doctor told me that I had had a reaction to the vaccine and many people have come in with the exact same symptoms as mine having had Pfizer, but 98 to 99% were usually okay and that a lot of side effects are coming out as it is a new vaccine in the very early stages. And and the unspoken part is, and you're the guinea pig. Mm-hmm. I was sent home after extensive testing. Once all testing. this is ironed out, Bill, kids, Bill Gates's kids will get the good vaccine. But we need to test it on you sock puppets. Exactly. So that was it. It says there's more in the comments, but no, I looked cool. and I couldn't find I th- anymore. I, so. I, think, I think you've got the gist of it. Um, I think that we have to keep on, you know, I mean, I know everybody, we're, we're beating, a, beating a dead horse here. You know, like, I mean, I hope that you're turning into this podcast, turning in, tuning in, turning in, tuning in, um, tuning in. I can't say, t- I can't stop saying turning, tuning in. Anyways. Um, I hope you're tuning in because you enjoy that. I know why my mom tunes in because she just likes to listen to the sound of my voice and your voice. So we're doing this podcast for mom, but we hope that some of you, you know, we're just continuing to raise these these issues because I think we have some of us, I think, have man to man fights in our lives, you know, where we're trying to convince people that we love. We have someone in our life and, you know, I'm flat out saying in conversations, please, please do not get the next booster shot. As I understand, in some European countries, and I think Israel, they are now mandating a sixth booster shot. Now, remember, it's not even a year, and we're already talking about a sixth booster shot in some areas. Not all areas, but it's weird. The advanced elements of sort of this sort of great reset, you know, Australia and certain nations in Europe, it's amazing how we get there. Apparently, the smart health and I love how they always like cloak it in. Oh, you you would you would you need these things to be smart. All of their things are called smart. When in reality, I'm looking at it, it's like it seems like you need to be blindly dumb or you know like you know sheep. You should call it the sheep health card. But they call it the smart health card, and supposedly it's about ready to kind of roll out. Um, in a, it's already out in several counties and some states, and it is effectively a vaccine passport. Now, we all have to tell ourselves or ask ourselves this question. If they could force us to live and die on the vaccine health card, meaning you've got to show it at work, you've got to show it at the grocery store, you've got to show it to deposit and withdraw money, you've got to show it in all of these instances, do you think that the quote-unquote they who are behind all of this, do you think they'd do that? Sorry, I'm drinking water. Yes, absolutely, in a second. Yeah, I bet they would dumb diddly darn do it. Yes. Yes. It would already be happening if they could do it. It would already be and done. Yep. (laughs) Hey, we have had a great week with you. We have had a great time. We love coming up with these things. Oh, the Medusa has one more thing. Yeah, this one was short, but you wanted me to read this one too that I saw this morning. Um, These people write on Telegram, our son in Austria has arranged to get intentionally infected tomorrow with a colleague so that he won't have to drive the 80 mile round trip every working day to Linz for a test to see if he's allowed to work that day. His work starts at 7.30 a.m. His friends in the military have already done it with mild symptoms. I'm still worried for my son having to make such a decision, but I completely understand he'd rather risk COVID over the untrialed and clearly sinister vaccine. God bless you, Dr. Eden, and I thank God I found this site. And then there's this interesting sentence at the end. We know of five suicides in the last three days. And we just thought that was like, well, that's an interesting little factoid. And I wonder 
um, you know, uh, like if we can find some other well, remember, testimonies about r- that. Remember when Ray Liotta was doing the Chantix commercial, you know, I'm Ray Liotta and I used to smoke for years in Hollywood and now you shouldn't smoke and I chew Chantix and I think apparently um, people took Chantix and started wanting to kill themselves and that was made by Pfizer. Um, sometimes with these medications, there is uh, an urge to kill yourself for some yeah. weird reason. And you'd think that they'd know that and kind of figure that out and get rid of it. Because, I mean, we've all been in the throes of a suicide epidemic. There are people that I know that served in the military after I did. And they say that there were some problems, I think, especially with the anthrax vaccine that caused this sort of depression and desire to kill yourself. These should be major things. These should be hot button issues. People who did these things that caused people to kill themselves should not be allowed to make any more medications until this has been addressed or if ever. And yet the relentless march of propaganda will come will continue tonight. You will watch sporting against events this weekend. You will engage in the public sector, go see movies at every level. You will be bombarded by something that is hurting people as evidenced in this podcast from eyewitness accounts. And that has to make you wonder, like, what is the purpose of it? It, it seems nefarious. It, it seems, and there, there is no leadership in this country right now. There is nothing. We just lost an embassy in Yemen to Iranian, Iranian backed Houthis. And no one on the news is talking about that. There are U.S. personnel in, you know, who are currently hostages there and in Afghanistan. And we've got a government that that is no no longer held accountable by the other political party or the media. And therefore, they can't be held accountable by the people because we are not we have no one to fight for us and we have no one to inform us. And I would say this to the Republicans. I I don't think any of them listen or anything like that. But like if you don't start doing stuff. You know, like, you're useless. You're just, like, really honestly, like, people like Lindsey Graham and all, you're just, you're you're them. We don't, we don't differentiate anymore. We're getting tired of this, and we're getting desperate. And if you think you're going to play this, you know, game or whatever game you're playing, it, it, you got to start doing stuff. If you're going to be in the batter's box, swing the damn bat. And that's the podcast.